0: Good morning, as you know that uh, all the pastors for the English congregation and the senior pastors are away, so uh, they asked me to fill in this spot. Um, I turned it down first time, but the second time I couldn't, yeah, turn it off, Uh, yeah, so, um, actually, I'm, I'm actually teaching uh, at the Mandarin uh, Congregation Sunday School. So I have a good reason not to come. Uh, and I was really enjoying the class, even though I was using my broken Mandarin to teach the Sunday School. Uh, but it was really fun uh, to see how God was ministering to them uh, through the Book of Galatians. And that is the, one of my favorite books of the Bible. Uh, there are three books that I really loved: uh, Gospel of John book of Romans and the book of Galatians because those are three books that anchored my faith uh, in my spiritual journey and uh, When I was teaching it, I was kind of really enjoying even though really my Mandarin is kind of like, you know uh, broken uh, well, I'm glad to be here and uh, I Hope that uh, as we turn Our hearts to God's Word today uh, he will really minister to us uh, from his word in a passage that we just read uh, Jesus alerted us to uh, the fact that storms of life will come to test our faith Uh, let me just share with you briefly uh, two storms that I encountered in my uh, life journey as a Christian so two years after I became a Christian, I was drafted into the Singapore military uh, to serve the mandatory national service. Uh, do you know that Singapore is a small country and uh, we're surrounded by uh, Muslim nations. So for security, uh, all the male citizens will have to serve, uh, at that time was minimum two years. And uh, for some people uh, like me, I had to serve two and a half years. So. Uh, The first three months of the military military training is what we call the basic military training. Uh, It's basic, but it is the toughest Uh, in terms of my own opinion, uh, especially when we just get drafted into the military. uh, It's toughest because it stretches you mentally, physically and emotionally. And I've heard of some soldiers who were just drafted in and they couldn't handle uh, the mental, emotional, and physical stress, they actually uh, committed suicide. So uh, it, is, it was tough because uh, at that time, we were trained under the Israeli uh, format of uh, military training. And you know the Israelis, uh, how they train their soldiers. Uh, so we were in some way impacted by that. And for the first month, we were not allowed to check out, meaning for 24-7, we were locked in, lock in so to speak, we were have to live in the barrack uh you know for the whole month. And uh um, you know after two months of military training, uh, I began to question about whether what I believed was true. Because I didn't have uh opportunity for that first month to you know contact with family members, with church, with Christian. So uh there was some doubt about my faith. I began to ask the question was I being brainwashed? Uh, uh, did I just simply, you know, uh, emotionally uh, got involved in a Christian group? But underlying that uh, doubt was my desire to live uh, the life that my military cosmates were uh, doing. On weekends after the first month uh, they will check out had party uh, enjoy drinking uh, you know had you know datings with their girlfriends and so forth and I wanted to do that and to, to a certain extent I felt that the cost of following Christ was pretty heavy and difficult for me uh, to shoulder at the time so I had that particular storm, contemplating about living my faith. Fast forward 10 years later, uh, this is my second storm. Uh, Lily and I were in Liberia serving as missionaries. And about a month and a a half into our mission work, I had malaria. So that was the first time I had malaria. And if you know how uh, hard malaria can hit you, uh, it hit me really hard because In my system, there wasn't any immunity to uh, malaria. Uh, Unlike somebody who is born in Africa, he grows up with, you know, malaria, and so there is a immunity, certain immunity that is being developed in his blood, in his body system. But for me, uh, it's completely, you know, just hit hard by that uh, by that uh, disease, and I couldn't drink or eat uh, anything that I drink or eat. It was just be thrown out or perched out almost immediately. And I couldn't sleep for more than 20 minutes, uh, even in the night, uh, because of high fever. So I went to see the doctors three times. Uh, Each time I was diagnosed as having gastroenteritis, uh, hepatitis, or cholera. Uh, The reason is because when they did the blood test for malaria, somehow at the time when I went to the hospital, uh, the parasites, the malaria parasites actually hide inside the liver. If you understand what, how malaria, uh, malaria actually you know, grows in the body, it actually uh, can hide in the liver and then suddenly it's being released uh, into your bloodstream. The parasites will be released into your bloodstream and then you have high fever and you have a chill and so forth. So, for some reason, all the times when I went to the hospital, they took my blood, they couldn't detect uh, enough to verify that I had malaria so I was treated for different kind of illnesses uh, to the point that I was losing weight very dramatically uh, my rib bones were protruding to the extent that I could see it, literally uh, my, my face was sunken uh, and uh, Lily was really very afraid that she would have to bring back a dead husband so at that time, uh, we were in a situation where we were considering, um, should we return back to Singapore for treatment? How is it that you know, we wanted to serve in Africa, and yet God allowed this thing to happen? There were a lot of questions in our mind uh, as we you know, wanted to serve the Liberian people in Africa. So these were just two of the storms that I encountered uh, in uh, my course of my Christian life. And of course, there were many other storms uh, that I had experienced. I'm sure you have had your own storms. Uh, it could be when you were in the doctor's office after the PET scan, MRI, or X-ray, and the you know, doctor called you into the office, and he said, you have cancer. That is a big storm to hear the news that you have cancer. Or it could be that you are seated across your boss, he called you into the office and he said, I'm sorry to let you know that we have to let you go because the company is downsizing. That is also a very big storm. Or it could be that you you didn't get a job that you wanted because you believed that, you know, you had a good chance of getting the job. Or your child just not turning the way that you have desired for him or for her after giving him or her the love and the encouragement. Or it could be just that your health is going downhill and the cost of health care is just taking and eating away all your life savings. Or it could be lo- losing somebody that you love. Someone that had meant a lot to you. And that person passed away. Or it could be your boyfriend or girlfriend texting you uh, on their cell phone and then you realize he said or she said, let's call it quit. That can be a very big storm. So in the passage that we read just now, Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27, Jesus clearly Stated that there will be storms to test our faith. And in fact, he mentioned twice these words the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew. Twice he mentioned that. And these are not just tropical rainstorms. I believe these are almost like category three or four hurricanes, you know, that pack enough rain to soak the ground to cause flooding and then to pack enough wind power to bring down the whole house but the good news is as strong as the storm may be jesus wasn't simply stating that we cannot do anything about it in fact he wants us to do something about it and that's why he gave this parable at the end of these three long chapters in the book of matthew Uh, which we normally call the Sermon on the Mount, uh, that we need to take heed to what He has instructed us so that we will not just be listeners but doers of His word. So where there is something that we can do to build a solid foundation and not building our house or our faith on shifting sand. Just as in the song that we just sang just now, uh, on Christ's solid rock we stand. So how can we be prepared for the storm? Uh, how, can, how is it that obedience actually uh, enables a Christian to have their strength and resilience to weather the storms of life? Now, when you look at the passage, Jesus didn't actually help us to understand how that obedience actually built that strength the resilient to weather those storms. And so uh, we need to look into other passages in the Old Testament and other passages in the New Testament to help us to see how obedience to the Word of God actually enables us to weather the storms of life. So the first passage that we want to turn to will be in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, uh, to see that obedience enables us to draw upon the rich resources of God's Word. Okay, it's on um, the screen. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seats of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. So, verse 1 and 2 contrast the sinful ways the godly man or woman avoids with the word of God he or she delights in. So, there is a comparison, there is a contrast uh, of his manner of life. And one is he avoids, and the second one is that he seeks to delight in God's word, or she seeks to de- delight in God's word. Uh, the person is described as Rejecting the sinful behaviors and passionately soaking in the Word of God. Meditating day and night represents a constant reflection uh, on the Word of God that a person has memorized so that he could apply it to his life situation. The Hebrew idea of meditation uh, is completely different to the modern idea of meditation. Uh, The modern idea of meditation is that Uh, especially New Age meditation, is that you go to a very quiet place and uh, alone, undistracted, uh, you seek to empty your mind. And you find your peace within and your, your peace with the universe. Whereas the Hebrew idea of meditation is that you fill your mind with the Word of God. Instead of emptying it, you fill it. And then you are constantly reflecting on how these words of God, how the word of God could be applied to your life situation. So in the Hebrew idea of meditation, it, it is uh, meditating and application as being synonymous. The result is one that will walk in God's way. And he is like a tree planted by streams of water, that yields its fruit in the season, and its leaf does not wither. This is the picture of uh, a vibrant, fruitful, growing Christian. Uh, the tree bears bears fruit. Its leaf doesn't wither. Presupposes that in the midst of a famine or like a drought, uh, the the tree the tree continue to remain uh, vibrant and growing. And this tells us that in meditating and obedient uh, in the word of God, it provides that resilience, that strength, because there is that uh, constant resources beside the tree. He is planted by the streams of water. There is that resources of God's word to encourage, to empower, to give him that faith to remain strong in the midst of that drought or difficulty. Let me share what this means uh, from my own storm that I had just mentioned earlier, while Lily and I were missionaries in Liberia. N- during that most difficult uh, experience of uh, malaria illness, both Lily and, and I, you know, we did talk about the possibility of uh, going back to Singapore for treatment. But, how, but before we did that, uh, we decided that we want to just, you know, commit ourselves to God. So we knelt down before god and we said we told with the god said you brought us here all the way to africa uh, we don't know why this is happening but we just want to surrender our lives to you if you want us to stay here you show us what you will do with my illness In spite of the fact that the doctors couldn't find a way to you know handle my, my malaria uh, we just believed that you will provide a way out and if you want us to go back to Singapore we will follow what you have for us so we pray that prayer and the moment that we surrender our lives to him I remember very vividly that there was a deep sense of peace within my heart so Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension shall guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. God affirmed the truth of His word in that situation. That peace kept us assured that He is going to take care of us, but we don't know how. And we would, we you know, trusting Him and then the third time I went to the hospital, I had to be hospitalized. So I had to be put on drips uh, because I was really losing weight. Uh, you, know that, you know, whenever you drink and you eat, it, it got thrown out or purged out. You, you're not retaining anything. So I was w- literally wasting away with the possibility of death in front of me. In fact, one of uh, the Liberians that lived with us, he said to me later, he said, Caleb, I was so afraid that you would die. And, and Lily herself was also very concerned about that. We didn't know how, but I was in a hospital bed, for, uh, put on drip. And during that occasion, I had uh, my regular morning choir time. I still had some energy to do that, do that. And God spoke to me from Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 42, verse 1 to 12. And in that passage, uh, it was uh, the, the remnant of the people of Jerusalem after they had been ransacked by the Babylonian Nebuchadnezzar. And most of the people were taken out into exile in Babylon, leaving a small remnant. And the wall of Jerusalem were torn down. So this remnant felt very unsafe. So they came to Jeremiah and said, ask God on our behalf whether we should stay in the land or move down to Egypt, because Egypt would represent safety. That passage spoke to me very clearly. When God answered through Jeremiah, stay in the land, and God assured the remnant, I will protect you, and I will keep you safe. So that passage really spoke to me and spoke to Lydia and myself, and even though I hadn't fully recovered, because I still had fever, and I... um, I wasn't eating I was discharged somehow and the moment I stepped back uh, into our you know home there was this uh, church leader we have been training Uh, he was our neighbor Uh, he's actually a professor of the University of Liberia and he said this uh, to me and to Lily as we were returning home after the hospitalization in uh, the hospital (coughs) he said uh, like a prophet. Now he, he lived with malaria all through his life, so he knows whether it is malaria or not, okay? So, so he, he said, like a prophet, Caleb, what you have is definitely malaria. Uh, Lily, go to the pharmacy and buy three doses of chloroquine, which is the medication for treating malaria, and then give him an injection, uh, a dose of chloroquine every morning. Now he, he knew that Lily as a, um, was a former nurse, so she could do that. And now in Liberia, uh, we don't have this regu- regulatory body such as the FDA. So uh, you don't have to have a prescription to get drugs. And you no, know, we just go to the pharmacy, we get the drugs. And uh, by faith, Lily did the injection for me. And, 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 by the second injection, I was fully recovered. Now, that is an unusual way. Um, we, you may ask, you know, why would you listen to a professor than a medical doctor? In fact, um, when my son has got a, a very special illness, uh, or a special disease uh, that, that has got a black streak, uh, you know, like a wood chip in, in the finger one time. And we, we went to the doctor, and the doctor said, oh, this is a wood chip, um, you know, just leave it. After a while, it will grow out, it will, you know, it will just come out. We went back, and a small little girl, a 12-year-old girl, a Liberian girl said, this is not wood chip oh, Now, this is a Liberian we are speaking. Um, this is what we call jigger. Have you heard about jigger? It, it, it is a parasite. It is a parasite that goes in between the nails and, 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 and the finger, and it will you know, eventually hatch and become maggots. And she told us what to do. She said, you've got to cut it open, put in uh, a kind of, a, like we call it kerosene. Uh, you know kerosene? Uh, uh, and we had to literally do the, the surgery on our own because the doctor didn't, didn't diagnose it as jigger. Uh, so I'm telling you, why we listen to our, professor, I mean our, our friend who is a professor rather than a medic because they knew the local condition really very well. And so uh, God healed us in a very unusual way. But what I found out was this, that as we uh, trust God, obey his will, he constantly uses word to affirm us, to guide us, to show us how we should walk in that. Through that morning quiet time, he knew I knew that God is going to keep us safe. I didn't know how, but through that professor, uh, eventually I was able to find a cure for my malaria. So we thank God that through His Word He constantly guides, He constantly provides the means for us to walk in His ways. So the second uh, point that I'd like to share with you is that obedience to his words enable a Christian to have the strength and the resilient to weather the storms of life by deepening our relationship with Christ. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he, it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and i will love him and manifest myself to him so in this verse jesus encapsulates the relationship a follower of christ has with him the relationship is not an obligatory obedience to his commands uh, in in the parable of the prodigal son in luke chapter 15 uh, we can see that the elder son uh, who was seemingly very faithful and dutifully fulfilling all that the father has, you know, given him to do. In fact, he missed out that love relationship. He he couldn't feel the same heartbeat as the father. He couldn't have the same compassion for the younger brother as the father had because his, his life was governed by a dutiful uh, Obedience to what God or what the Father has commanded him. So it is Jesus telling us that you know when we obey his commands, we are demonstrating that love with Him. That is a love relationship. Uh, in other words, we will be able to understand the heartbeat of God. We will be able to grow in knowing how much He feels. For those who are still lost uh, in this world if we were to be in the shoes of the wayward son who we were regarded as a jerk you know but eventually he came around and he and he doesn't felt you know he that he deserved to be a son anymore and yet he was unconditionally restored uh, to full sonship now how would you think of man or person who didn't feel that he who who didn't feel that he deserved to be called a son and yet given that full right to be a son how would you feel he would respond to the father's command from then on I believe he would always respond in grateful obedience grateful heart uh, to what God desired of him to do so likewise it's natural for us to respond to God in a loving relationship uh, because of his immeasurable love for us jesus further emphasized that this relationship with him is not just a love relationship it is a growing relationship he promised us that in response to our love and obedience that he will reveal more of himself to us not only that the father will love us but he will love us and he will continue to reveal more of himself to us and this revelation i believe it is not just not a physical revelation But I believe it is a spiritual revelation of himself in such a way that through his word, we are able to understand who he is and what he has done for us in the cross. As a result, we have a deeper understanding of what we believe and whom we have believed. And our faith will be anchored on that love relationship that will hold us in the midst of the storm. Going back to the storm that I encountered during my military training, uh, you know, I mentioned that I contemplated, contemplated living the Christian faith because Christianity, uh, to me at the time, was a little bit hazy. Uh, I knew that Christ died for me. Uh, I knew that and I was forgiven. Uh, I had a deep sense of peace. I have great joy in my salvation, uh, but yet I have not fully understand uh, the deity of Christ. Uh, the significance of his death on the cross for me, justification by faith, what is grace, and how much I am a sinner. It was later on when I went into Singapore Bible College uh, and, you know, that four years studying from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation that solidified uh, my understanding of whom I believe and what I believe. And God allowed that constant revelation of himself so that my faith will be cemented. uh, I would have a strong anchor to weather all the hard, um, all the difficult Psalms that comes into uh, my experience through my Christian living. I also like to mention that, you know, during the time uh, when I was uh, contemplating Uh, leaving the faith Uh, God somehow led me to read uh, John 21 the gospel of John 21 one afternoon and the word of Jesus uh, that he uh, spoke to Peter three times after he went to uh, went back to fishing uh, These words do you love me more than this were words that convicted me uh, at a time when I was com- contemplating uh, to forsake my faith and go back to the world I re- I was convicted deeply I realized that I wanted to love the world more than the Savior who died for me and I'm, as a result I turned my heart back to God uh, and then he continued to show me uh, how you know deep he loves me through his word as i study his word daily and god graciously graciously enabled me to witness uh, to a fellow soldier uh, who eventually actually gave his life to christ and became a faithful follower uh, till he was called back uh, a to god's glory uh, when he had lung cancer and as i mentioned just now that you know i went to the bible college and god cemented my faith uh, through a deeper understanding of uh through the book of you know uh, romans the gospel of john and the uh, book of Galatians, that helps me to understand that it is truly by god's grace uh, by faith in him and through his gracious work that i have become a child of god and god helped me to understand that uh, the work of the holy spirit the testimony of the holy spirit in my life was so evident that I knew that I've been saved because the Holy Spirit was indwelling in my life. So God provided a solid foundation for my faith as I weathered uh, all those storms, as I continued to trust him in his word in those past 44 years as a Christian. So in closing, I'm going to show you a uh, video. Uh, This is a video. Uh, Can we have the video? This video is showing two houses, uh, one that couldn't withstand the storm and one that uh, was built to withstand the storm. Are we able to get to the video? No. Okay. Could you get, could you get a sound?
1: Nowhere. Great. Inside this massive building, We're bringing the fans up to 30% now. Our hurricane is about to wreak havoc. Yeah. Yeah. The idea yeah. is that we can watch them apart, we can put them back together and we can build better, stronger, and safer structures going forward. The Insurance Institute for Business and Home Safety's Research Center in South Carolina tests building methods against nature's fury and suggest new or better building techniques to reduce the amount of damage during a natural disaster. Making structures more wind resistant is as easy as finding their weak spots. Notice on the joist here, there's nothing holding these two together. Now over in this structure, holding the joist together is strapping. And what this will do during hurricane force winds is hold the roof together with the joist. Other techniques may be to simply reverse the way you hang a door. So when the door, if there's wind blowing, blows in, It's blowing against the frame. This test is modeled from real storm data. So we can create a gust front. We can change the flow coming through there to model what you see in the real world. The house on the left is built with conventional building methods. Fascia and soffit. are are gonna tear loose pretty quickly. The one on the right is fortified against the wind. You'll start to see some shingles flapping and coming loose. If some of the windows open, the doors open, and the wind gets inside the house, a lot of damage can happen to the house. The fortified house survives, and that's what researchers want to see after the next big storm. I'm meteorologist Mike Mays in Chester County, South Carolina.
0: Okay, that was not meant to be shown so as you look at the video uh, it is very clear there is one house that could withstand you know the force of a hurricane wind and the other one could not Uh, it shows us that when our faith has been well fortified through obedience to his word regardless of how strong the wind uh, we would not collapse and i think it is important for us that uh god who gave us so much uh through his son jesus who who he sent to die on the cross for our sins and that richness that you know great love that he has demonstrated and as we receive it and that faith that we have uh, not only that we would be able to stand but through the ability to weather all the storm you can be a great blessing to many others in this world as a result uh, because they are weathering many other storms and through our storms that we can also be a channel of blessing and i pray that as your house stood people can find shelter they need that and your life will be one that people can find security and knowing that there is a god who can keep them under his everlasting arm. So may you have the wisdom to see that as we hear the word of God, it is vitally important that it will make us significant in terms of how we weather the storms of life. And I hope each and every one of us here will be one that will stood firm in the midst of all the different storms that will come. And as we said, storms are reality of life. Uh, it, it, it will come uh, if, if you are, you know, like on cloud nine, cloud nine right now, meaning that, you know, you are in the best of your life uh, with no, dif- no worries. I can assure you something is going to happen uh, because that is what it is living in this fallen world. That somehow, either through the sin of other people, through the of mistakes of other people, that we will have to encounter some painful situation. Um, and it becomes, I trust that God will give you that strength, the resilience to stand firm and became, becomes a shelter for others who need to find shelter in the midst of storm. Let's pray god our loving heavenly father we want to thank you that you have given us a faith that is worth cleaning on, onto uh, because you sent your son jesus to die on the cross for us so that we can uh, become your children and not only that that we can enjoy that wonderful relationship with you every day that love relationship and more than that Uh, to have that growing love relationship so that we can understand all that is in your heart and how we can live a fruitful life uh, to glorify your name. So, Father, we ask that as we do that in obedience to your word, Father, continue to enable us to enjoy that love relationship. May you reveal more of yourself to us because we need that. We need your affirmation. We need your personal revelation to us through your word uh, so that uh, we know that you are a living God who has given us the taste of the living water. And that is truly refreshing. That is truly life giving. And as a result, we want more. And we want to stick on to the faith that we have received. So, Father, we ask that you will uh, continue to grant us, Lord, that hunger and that desire. Uh, to deepen our relationship with you because we ask all this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.